This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. Hey! It is a Tuesday Drive, WSJS. News Talk Sports for the Triad. Where I've got this question been really wondering this the last few days is it too soon to get excited about nc state north carolina football next year because out on the turf at keenan stadium last week last friday night a flag was planted yes or at least a flag was attempted to be planted it is a turf field after all you'd think guys from an ag school or a you know, engineering school could probably figure that out before they raced out to the 50-yard line, but that's beside the point. In addition to a flag being planted, seeds were planted in this rivalry, setting up the stage for what should be pretty fun a year from now. Because North Carolina is not going to forget about that plant thing of the flag. No, 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 no. And that's the thing. I am pro-fun. Pro-fun here. When fans storm the field, never have an issue with it. When they storm the court, I'm never the guy to say, North Carolina under no circumstances should ever storm the field or storm the court when they beat Duke. We're just above that. Please. I prefer what Clemson does. Storm the field after every game. Why? Because it's fun. Are you fun or are you going to be a fuddy-duddy? Which one are you? Because I hate that conversation of, Oh, we're a lot better than that. Carolina football fans said it after they beat Wake Forest when Wake was in the top 10. We would never storm the field against Wake Forest. And that's exactly what they did. Why? Because it's fun. So don't take me wrong. Don't get me wrong, I mean. I'm not saying the player should not have planted the flag. Because, again, I was on the field when it happened. I got the video that ESPN used that went viral. I knew what was about to happen before it happened when Jordan Houston and Devin Carter asked for the flag from the cheerleading squad right there in the tunnel, and I followed them out to the 50-yard line. I saw the entire thing, and guess what? I loved it. Thought it was fun. Thought it was fun. So don't get me wrong with what I'm about to say here. I didn't think it was smart. That's my issue. You can do all the celebrating you want in the locker room or on your sideline or in that tunnel right in front of your fans. Why do that? Why do that against a team that you're going to play a year from now that are surely going to have those images of Carter and Houston and Cyrus Fagan waving that flag, trying to plant it at the 50-yard line? That's going to be in their weight room all year going to be in their facilities all year and you know that those players when they beat you if they beat you at Carter Finley next year they're going to want to plant their flag at your 50 yard line and here's the difference between the field at Carter Finley and Keenan the field at Carter Finley is made of grass you can plant the flag there so that's one piece of it the Drake May angle to this is going to be interesting if you thought the hype for Sam Howe leading into his final season in Chapel Hill was obnoxious? You thought that was way too much hype? Buckle up for what you're about to get with Drake May. Because Drake May, unlike Howe, 
looks like the number one pick in the draft. He looks like that type of guy. So if you thought that was obnoxious, ABC crowd, get ready for what next offseason is going to be. And NC State knows all about that. Knows all about hype. Devin Leary, who might be back, by the way, for NC State, still don't quite know what's going to happen there. He was the ACC preseason player of the year. That looks like a sneaky, good quarterback matchup. And you don't think Drake May is going to want to beat NC State after what he said back in September and how he did not cash in on it? If you don't remember, NC State certainly did. Drake May said he had the joke of the only reason people go to NC State is because they didn't get into North Carolina. Some iteration of that. Ha, ha, ha. And he later apologized for that. That doesn't matter. People don't remember the apology. They remember what you said. And there's no doubt NC State used that as motivation to fuel the argument of elitism and we're being looked down on and condescended and all of that. And NC State bought into it when they won that game on Friday and looked more motivated than North Carolina did. Like, listen to Ben Finley after the game talking about his return to Chapel Hill. Remember, this is a guy who played after Devin Leary got hurt the first time, smoked in Chapel Hill by North Carolina, just two years later to step into a role where MJ Morris and Devin Leary are out and played a really nice game to lead NC State to victory. This was Ben Finley. I wanted to graduate from NC State, and that's, that's huge. I'm graduating in December. That's going to be really important for me to get my degree here. Um, you know, I never tried to get in UC, but according to Drake, you know, I couldn't have. But so I think it's it's good that I get a nice degree from NC State in uh, finance and let's go from there. Spicy. I love stuff like this. Don't ever apologize, Courtney Banghart, Drake May, Ben Finley, Dave Doran. That's the difference between the two. NC State will say stuff like this and they're not going to apologize. Dave Doran will tell Dave Pash, as he did in this clip went all over the place you know they're elitists they look down on us they negative recruit us all these things and Dave Patch is like is this off the record Dave Doran said I don't give a bleep he's not going to apologize his players aren't going to apologize for planting the flag or anything like that meanwhile North Carolina got to apologize after Courtney Banghart speaks got to apologize after Drake May speaks come on that takes some of the zest out of the rivalry. NC State feels it. North Carolina hasn't really shown it so much on the field. And the last reason to be excited for next year, we might finally get what we've been clamoring for on this show for years, plural. Home jersey versus home jersey at Carter Finley. I did a little bit of journalism on Friday night. Don't do a lot of that, but I did some of that. Saw Boo Corrigan and Bubba Cunningham, the two ADs. Went up to Bubba first. Hey, why don't you guys wear home uniforms in this game? He thought they had agreed to it. He wants to do it. Cool. Went to Boo Corrigan on the field, who we're going to see tonight with the college football playoff announcement tonight, the second to last before Sunday's final rankings come out. And I'm like, hey, Boo, hey, Boo. Bubba says he's down. You down? Like, yeah, I'd like to do that. Great. Next year, let's make it happen. So you have the blue jerseys, the Carolina blue jerseys versus the NC State red jerseys, and it looks like USC-UCLA. By the way, they also play for the Liberty Bell out that way, like North Carolina and Duke play. So they do not have exclusivity on home jersey versus home jersey. Oregon and Oregon State do it in the Civil War every year, and it looks awesome. 
I don't know if they're allowed to call it the Civil War anymore, but that's what it's been called forever, so that's what I'm calling it. It's not too soon to get excited about North Carolina NC State next year. Here's something to really be excited about. Will Dalton, he's the executive producer of the show. You can be excited about that if you'd like. 336-777-1600 if you want him. What I'm alluding to, actually, though, the United States needed to beat Iran today, and that's exactly what they did. one nothing final. Christian Pulisic, the goal in the first half. They needed to win for micro and macro reasons, though. The micro is obvious. You need to win in order to get out of the group, and that's what they did. But the macro pushes things ahead to 2026. See, look what we're doing here. We're pushing ahead to 2023, and now we're pushing ahead to 2026. If the U.S. plans to compete for a World Cup four years from now, they needed to win this match. Because the U.S. has the second youngest team in this tournament. So there's potential in that. You're the youngest team. There is potential in what you can accomplish but you need to kind of experience the knockout stages if you ever plan to have success when you get there. And now this group's going to have that. It's not realistic to think, oh, you got knocked out in the group stage and now you're going to be in the mix as a legit World Cup contender. Remember, the 26th World Cup is going to be held in the United States. Much of it is. A few matches in Mexico, a few in Canada. But all the significant games are going to be played in the U.S. And now that they're through... And these matches become bigger and more people are paying attention to this group. People are going to know who their coach is. You're not going to forget his name. You're going to know other players other than Kristen Pulisic. These guys are going to become stars. The friendlies will become bigger. It's going to remind you of what you see with the U.S. women's national team. The buildup is going to be immense. And it was all set up for them today. Iran dealing with a lot of political controversy and the United States just out ready to play ball. And they probably should have won two to nothing, maybe even three to nothing. They called a break actually early in the second half, so maybe two one or three to one. But they got the win. That's what matters most. One to nothing, the three points put them through out of group B into the knockout stages. Good for them and good for the country, too. Places, everyone. Come on, places, please. We're ready. Get your morning off to a great start with Jeffrey Griffin on Triad Today. Weekday mornings at 7. Now back to the drive with Josh Graham. The sixth man of Tar Heel basketball will be in studio with us in just a few minutes. One of my favorite things that he does after North Carolina games is the not verbatim tweets where he translates things that Hubert Davis actually meant to say. One of my favorite things that has happened on this show is doing that with Hubert Davis at ACC Operation Basketball, or I guess they rebranded that to ACC Tip-Off last month or a couple months ago. So we've got some clips from Hubert Davis earlier today from Bloomington, North Carolina, coming off two losses, facing Indiana tomorrow night. That will get BDOT's reaction to. He'll tell us what Hubert Davis is actually meaning to say. But before BDOT comes in here and we do all of that, WD, there's this fantastically prestigious award called the Bolitnikoff that's handed out to the best wide receiver in college football each year that this might be news to the triad. I vote for her. 
Do you really? I vote for this award. God, it's hard. So... It's hard to believe. You are something but else, But I do. Man. And the last few weeks, been voting on the semifinalists to the finalist list. They ask us to submit three wide receivers who are the best in college football. And two of the three that I voted ended up making it because there were really two no-doubters and then whoever you prefer for the third spot. Xavier Hutchinson from Iowa State, Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State, and Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee are the three finalists for the Blitnikoff. The two obvious ones are Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jalen Hyatt. No Josh Downs, no Zay Flowers from Boston College. The last two weeks killed Downs' chances. Downs had that drop against Georgia Tech. They've lost the last few games. Not great offensively. Zay Flowers was my vote from BC. Boston College. He's done fantastic things this year. He was my vote. If you have, with that offensive line that they have, and the problems they've had with quarterback, whether it be Dracovic or Moorhead, if you have double-digit touchdowns at Boston College... Boston College. I saw a glare looking back at me from the glass, and my face did the same exact thing that it <laughs> normally did when I said Boston That's College. Great. You could see that on the YouTube feed, I'm sure, uh -huh. and on Twitter and Twitch. That's where we're streaming video. Zay Flowers was my vote for... The final Blitnikoff spot doesn't surprise me that he wasn't in. So now it becomes a great question. If you were in my position, would you vote best wide receiver, like the most talented receiver, or would you vote the guy who's had the best season? Because those are two different things. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver I've seen since C.D. Lamb in college football. That's how good he is. From Ohio State... He is the best receiver, hands down. Jalen Hyatt, though, has 15 touchdowns in the SEC. He's had a better year. Who gets the nod? How do you vote on that? Do you vote based on talent and upside, or do you vote on what you've actually achieved? I think I lean towards the latter and taking Jalen Hyatt. B-Dot's now stepped into the studio. I'm an eye test guy. So you're going off who looks the best. Yeah. Who got the best pedigree out there? Because you you don't necessarily have to be the best, but if you're in a system where you're going to get the bulk of the touches and the bulk of the looks, like Garrison Brooks a couple years ago, like, you know, when he had that standout season basketball-wise, it was because somebody had to get the rebounds. Yeah, It's like when Chris Bosh played in Toronto. Somebody had to score the points. Mm. So, I mean, like, I, I would vote MHJ. One of those two guys, I'm still going back and forth on it. That's a really good argument. Okay. BDOT, North Carolina's lost a couple in a row. And this is what happens when you give when I give strong opinions and on the random chance I'm right, how things develop over time. I say something like last year with Carolina football. You're not gonna win the coastal. Pitt is. You're a hater, you're wrong, you hate our team, you're a hot take artist. And then it starts to happen, and then it flips on the other end of the spectrum where, when I'm still staying consistent with my opinion, 
oh, now you're just giving too much credit to Carolina. Because if you're a fan, you're emotionally high when they win and you have high expectations, but you're also emotionally low when you lose, when you're unattached, like I am, you're in the middle. So when you're low, it seems like you're being positive. When you're high, it seems like the guy's being negative. So when North Carolina loses two in a row, I still stand behind that this is one of the 10 best teams in college basketball. I still believe that. I still think that this team's built to make a run in March. So I'm now playing the role after the guy saying that North Carolina isn't the number one team and being called a hater, picking up Carolina fans, because really not all that has changed, all that much has changed. It's just that people are now having the realization that maybe the expectations were a little bit too high. But that's why we don't like you. <laughs> like, that's exactly why we don't like you. Because you just find the sweet spot of gray area to reside in all the time. And we loathe it. Like, pick a side, bro. Like, either you with us or you ain't. We don't need you saying you're good this time, you're not good this time. We don't like your rational thinking. The beautiful, beautiful, eloquently spoken point you made about Caleb Love and Austin Rivers. No Tar Heel fan is going to agree with that foolishness. And for you to even spew such foolishness further, further puts you on our disdain list, Josh. I hate to hear that. So here's how I try to make it up to Tar Heel fans who are seething in their car. You can't. I let BDOT say things about, you know, do not verbatim on the radio. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. This was Hubert earlier today talking about Caleb Love's shot selection. I'm going to shot some... um... Uh, I'm 100% comfortable with other shots. I'm not. And we've and talked about it. it. Can you elaborate on that? What what's what what the conversations have been like, especially with Caleb in particular, when maybe he can get some of those shots a little bit later in possessions? Well, just getting the shot. Not only that, um, one person wants get getting a shot that everybody agrees upon everybody wants and just understanding um uh the difference between a good shot and a bad shot i mean some of them shots caleb shoot i'm with it like i'm on the sideline like yeah shoot that hoe see and then some of them like caleb what the hell were you thinking and I trust Caleb enough to make the right decisions, not just the best decisions for Caleb, but the best decisions for the team. And in a couple of these losses we've had, seems like selfish, uh, or Caleb has just been a little selfish in some of his shot selection. But we talked about that, and what we talked about is none of your damn business. I brought up this stat to Hubert that's crazy to me. Hashtag not verbatim. North Carolina is 249th in the country in assists per game. Yes, the same school where you point to the passer and all that. 249th in the country in assist. So this was Huber on the lack of ball um, movement when I asked him about it today. It has been, so far, it's been difficult. It's been difficult. Um, um, I think teams have, um, compared to last year, they, they've, they've trapped us more in terms of coming off ball screens and really put an emphasis on keeping our guards out of the paint. And so we got to do a better job of um, moving the basketball and um, getting into the lane and drawing defenders and and um, hitting the open guy and having more ball movement with the combination of player movement um, in our half court sets. Thanks for that stat, Josh. That was so unnecessary. 
We know the ball ain't been moving like that. Yeah, it's been getting stuck. And we don't like that. The guards got to do a better job of getting in the paint. I mean, they've been on our ass. They're clamping our guards, not letting them do what they want to do. But I'm optimistic that we'll fix it. We've talked about it. And what we talked about is none of your damn business. Let me pick things up a little bit. Hashtag not verbatim. dot. Hashtag not verbatim. Some good news on the injury front. This is the update that Hubert gave. Uh, everybody practiced today. Um, we didn't go long, but uh, everyone practiced today. So you expect Armando to play tomorrow? As of right now, yes. Man. Armando. Do you remember the championship game, Armando hopping down the court on one Armando. Foot? I'll never forget it. That's who Armando Baycott is. So as long as we have a game on the schedule, you can cut yourself and believe Armando Baycott's going to be suiting up. Armando. Again, these are things that we've talked about. And what we discussed is none of your damn business. And that is not hashtag, verbatim. Hashtag not verbatim. With our guy, the six man of Tar Heel basketball. That's just what I be hearing. Six, 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 six. That's what I be hearing when Coach be talking. That isn't allowed to be the six man anymore officially because of the NBA. I mean, you know, it's a lot going on right now. You're on the drive with Josh Trail, You'll enjoy this, WD. dot. six man of Carolina basketball is hanging out. In addition to being the six man of Carolina basketball, right. he's doing work with the Charlotte Hornets and the Greensboro Swarm. Right. And he's got a busy day on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You're going to be at the Bucks hornets game doing your thing there, which is what? Arena hosting. Arena hosting, just like you do with Carolina. Correct. And then after that, your day's not done. Nah. You're going to come hang out with us. Actually, my day starts at noon when I have to go pick up my credentials. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I get over to the Spectrum, tee up. We beat the Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then I get right over the Bank of America Stadium. And we're going to be hanging out for North Carolina and Clemson. Yeah. But BDOT, it's my favorite thing that me and Dot showed up at like an ACC media event four years ago, three, four years ago, and nobody knew who we were right. whatsoever. And now it's just gotten to the place where, you know, like BDOT's coming with us and right. I'm getting texts from folks saying, make sure he doesn't bring his Carolina hat to the press box and cheer. Like I would listen to that crap. You know damn well my my hat gonna be right in my backpack. <laughs> Gotta take it off my head. <laughs> exactly. I already got my credentials at noon. What are you gonna do? Take my credentials? Now my phone's recording. Okay. To answer that question, yes, they yes, probably they will would. take away your credentials. Absolutely. <laughs> but it'll be on my Instagram live, and everybody'll be on there putting up the middle finger emoji, like they're doing that wrong. And I'll be like, Yeah, I'm the victim. So <laughs> follow our coverage on Saturday night. Don't know what's going to happen. No clue. But BDOT and I, who knows? Maybe when the Tar Heels come out of the tunnel, BDOT's going to stand at his media chair and start cheering like he oh, did man. at ACC tip-off when the Tar Heels were coming up uh. the elevator. <laughs> and, West Durham just, me a look. and West Durham just <laughs> gave you the look. <laughs> I get excited. I get excited when I see my teams out there, man. I'm sorry. God forbid. God forbid I acknowledge the daggone Tar Heels as they enter the room of greatness. It's ridiculous, man. I'm telling you, man, I get so, man, I get treated so wrong around here. It's because I'm black. Six, 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 six.
Now it's time for grammar school. <laughs> Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. In high school, he didn't play sports, but he did wear a helmet. And just when you think it can't get any worse. My English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Thanks a lot. Next semester, I'll be 35. Josh is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular. I'm from the old school. I got a lot of street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's time for B-Dot's Grammar School. It's something I tell WD. Sometimes things are funny. People don't want to listen to us laugh at it because we know everyone in their car is laughing at what was said. <laughs> right. That's it. <laughs> I just want to say I appreciate the people that appreciate my funny. You dig? I really, really do. Yeah. Like, And I appreciate the people that understand that it's all love up here. WD, Josh, even the folks in the back, DJ and, and Tom. Like, I love these people up here, man. It's all love. Did you just say that because you thought people wouldn't get the joke from a minute ago? I just wanted to make sure that everybody was on the same page. You know, we were radio. People were like, what did he say? And punch out quick. I just, you know, I just, I just wanted to again reiterate that I appreciate the people that understand that I do know sports and I'm a huge Tar Heel fan, but I am a comedian by trade. So I like to throw jokes out. In today's polarized times, you got to explain these things. You got to, though. Okay. What is, all right, yes. explain the concept of grammar school and we'll get things uh, off and wrong. Very simple. If this is your first time listening, grammar school is when I give Josh Graham three words or phrases that are heavily used in the urban demographic. And it is very, very funny, man, because I really have to use these. I have a friend of mine. His name is Jason, and he's a business owner in Jamestown. He's a white guy, but he's a cool guy. Like, he's like he, we kick it. We're in the gym, and, you know, I did some work for him. He's got a show coming out. And we were in text thread, and I said to him, he said something, and I was like, no doubt say less and he puts a question mark on say less and he's like I'm, I'm sorry I don't understand what say less means so I have to tell him Josh what is say less say less means I got it nothing else to say we're good we're, we're locked in you're gonna be at the game Saturday yeah I'll be there say less boom we're good when I tell y'all he struggles so hard with say less like he, he cannot put it in the right context ever like he like we had a text thread where earlier he said something and before I could even respond he said say less. I like you have to let me respond before you say say less. Isn't which, it funny when that happens? People think they're using something the right way. And, and it's, it's like, wrong it's as off. hell. Which let me know that this segment is necessary, Josh Graham. When in Rome. It is season two. Josh hits me with a caucastic word first. What is that caucastic word, Joshua Graham? Not a caucastic word, so <laughs> to speak, just Something that's pretty caucastic. Hmm. Tiger Woods is not caucastic. No. But he was supposed to participate in the golf tournament, but he bowed out due to injury, was dealing with some stuff with his leg. His third? Hmm. Carry on. Now, wow, just saw what you did there. Name a PGA Tour golfer. Oh, oh, wait, wait. It's a big fat guy. It's a big fat guy with a funny name. I think his name starts with it's like with a B in it. I have no idea who you talked about. It's oh, got a B in it. Yeah, he's a big guy, man. Can I say Phil Mickelson? No, he's not in the PGA. Dang it. Um. Oh, Ronald Horton. Who? Ronald Horton. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. Okay, Ronald Horton's one of my best friends. Is he on the tour? No. Oh. Is he okay? First thing that popped up was Ronald Horton obituary. Oh, 
Ronald Horton's the offensive coordinator for the East East Forsyth. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> Go Eagles. Yeah. Got, got it. Gosh. Okay. Who's the big guy, man? I'm going to Google it later, and I'm going to send it to you guys in a group chat. I just thought of another segment idea. Rather than got, got, you know how you got, got somebody? How about got, dot? Oh. How does that game go? We get you. I don't like that game. (laughs) All right. So my turn. Josh, number one. Future. You're familiar with Future. You like his music, March Madness. The guy the Carolina Panthers beat on Sunday is familiar with. Very familiar with Future. Now, his whole mantra is just the smoking and that type vibe. And he is, I guess, Future. Mask off. Good good job, Josh Brown. Future is associated with a planet. What planet is Future associated with he's put mixtapes out under this monitor mars is that your final answer yeah it's incorrect no jupiter nope saturn no oh for three it's not even a planet anymore pluto there we go all right fill in the blank with the two words that go with this song every time i come around your city pinky ring worth about 50 Every time I buy a new ride, them rims on, them Yokohama ties. You would say two words at the end of that. Every time I come around your city, two words. That's what you would say, two words right there. Pinky ring worth about 52 words. Can you tell me the artist and the name of the song? The artist is, the reason I even picked this is because the artist is being released from jail a year early. And the hip hop community is it Boosie? Is hip about Boosie's a, in, not in jail? He's on Instagram right now. It's a Meek? No, Meeks was just at a concert. Meek Mill was just in Philly a couple days ago. This guy's been locked up for a very long time. The baby? The baby's <laughs> in Charlotte right oh, now, sorry. Josh Graham. Is he still canceled? Eh, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Now listen. Oh, so you're not going to give me the artist. No. You're just going to tell me he got released. No. 336-777-1600. The artist, his name is two letters. It's two letters. That's his name. You know YG. Oh, we got one of the letters close. right. Very close. And clearly WD knows You exactly know I'm good I'm with music. All right, WD, come on. Let's go. Nope. It, uh, I guess you can. Yeah. Man, I, I didn't on. submit this That's one. not fair. Fire it off. You shouldn't have let him know you knew, WD. Well, WD, have, what is it? Nope, sing the song with me, WD. Every time I come around your city, bling bling, pinky ring worth about fifty, bling bling. Every time I buy a new ride, bling bling, them rims on them Yokohama ties, bling bling. All right, who sang it? Who sings it? BG. 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 From yeah. the, from Cash Money. Not the BGs. Not the BGs. Bee Gees. Oh, he's get that right. When yeah. I think BG, I think of Brian Geisinger. <laughs> first, I almost slapped your glasses off. <laughs> All right, what is the last one? <laughs> this is what it comes down to. This is it. If I tell you that somebody pushed my line back, who did it? What? <laughs> what? 336-777-1600. Please call up here and help Josh Graham with this final question so he can be successful this week. I will ask it again. Is if, this grammatically correct? If I tell you somebody pushed my line back, Back. Who did it? (sighs) 
feels like the old like who's on first routine. <laughs> what like who did it? Somebody. It sounds like somebody yes, pushed. But who is somebody? I'm gonna ask one more time because now I'm filming, so I can put this on my Instagram. And we're already filming over here. I know, but you would send me that too. I want to have different angles. Lastly, one more time. If I say somebody pushed my line back, who did it? I don't know other, what else to say other than somebody did. Yes, but who is somebody? Everybody knows who somebody is. The police? No, the, not, not the police. <laughs> Although that's a very good answer. That's a very good guess. It's incorrect. Police couldn't push a line. I wouldn't dare let a police officer push my line back. Hell no. All right. So I already got it wrong, but I wasn't allowed to use the lifeline. Did you have a lifeline? Uh, but I, I've already used my lifeline, but I will go to the audience yes. if they have the correct answer. I've yes. already lost. Yes. I'm willing to accept that. Yes. Is somebody here to help? Oh, yes. We got somebody to help. Who is it? Kyle, the Amazon driver, thinks he might know. There's Kyle, okay. the Amazon driver. I know driver. he knows it. He I always he knows it. called a little yeah. bit earlier. Yeah. Kyle, what's up? Kyle, what's the answer? What's what's up, man? I, I'm, I'm going in blind with this one, but I think I got it. It may be the barber. There it you is. You get your hair cut like they push your hairline back. There like it they didn't is. cut it quite right. There it is. The barber, man. If yeah. I tell you he, he really pushed my line back. And I'm upset too, uh, Amazon Drive, because I ha I'm on do rag duty right now because I had a fill-in barber and he pushed my damn line back. It's horrible. Oh man, came you got got you out there looking like the Black Ranger from Power Rangers. Yes, the Black Ranger from the Power Rangers. My exactly. Goodness, you look yes. that one up. Good <laughs> gracious. That Kyle, was great, Kyle. <laughs> thank you for the call. Uh, there goes Kyle, the Amazon what? driver. What an analogy. That okay. dude is amazing. That dude, Kyle, he knows his stuff. He does. Yeah, Kyle knows his stuff. You're invited to the cookout anytime, Kyle. I'll take the L. That's been grammar school for this week. dot. best of luck with your heels tomorrow in Bloomington, and I'll see you on Saturday in Charlotte. I got a question for you before I get out of here. Yeah, what's that? When you go to the barbershop, like, do they do, a, like, the razor on your, on your line? Like, I go to Batik's. I didn't ask that. I don't know what the hell that is. So, like, I go to, like, salons. Yeah, like women, a beauty shop. Women cut my hair. Mm-hmm. Like, Y'all don't go to barbershops. Yeah, no. like, right downstairs. I'm the same way. There's, a bar there's really? like, a yeah. salon downstairs. Do white guys go to barbershops? I'm being very oh, serious Oh, yeah, right many now. many do, but yeah. I don't because I feel like women do a better job with my hair than dudes do. I agree. Really? When I had shorter hair, yeah. I used to go to an Italian barber. Okay. But now that I have longer with hair. The, with the, with the um, razor, though. Like, oh, yeah. He's oh, to get yeah. your line straight. Yeah. Really? He did. Hmm. Question asked, question answered. There you Thanks. go. We're learning things. You, That's Don. what we're doing here. Thanks for being here, Dot. Thanks for having me. It, it means everything to me. I mean, ACC championship right in my hometown, something you can only dream about when you're a kid. Those are the, those are the games you dream about playing in. That is the voice of the ACC's leading tackler, Cedric Gray from North Carolina, who's getting set for the ACC championship on Saturday against Clemson. Those dreams are about to become reality for Sed, who joins us now on WSJS. And Sed, as has been acknowledged, you're a Charlotte kid. Shout out to RG Kell High School out that way. What does this mean to you to play in that stadium? How often did you visit Bank of America Stadium? Were you spending time at Panther games often? Uh, I've been to a few Panther games. Um, it's definitely like very exciting. Um, just you know, knowing so many people there and, you know, them supporting you and just kind of the place that 
um, you kind of call home and just kind of going back there and getting to be able to play there um, is definitely, you know, a good feeling. Doing research for this conversation, Cedric Gray joining us, Carolina linebacker. I see this great photo of you where you're on the field looking like a superhero after you made a tackle, presumably, and you're left on your left arm, there are the numbers 9, 10, and I think that's 43. What do those numbers represent? Um, so it's like a kind of like a tattoo I got. I'm kind of like representing um, me and my two um, brothers, like favorite football players uh, growing up. Um, so mine was uh, Troy Palomalu, which is uh, 43. Okay. So one of my other brothers was a big Cowboys fan. Um, so that's the nine. And the 10 was Eli Manning, my other brother was a Giants fan. So that's kind of like the idea of that, um, like where it came from. Yeah. So are you still a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? Yes. Last night was pretty cool, I bet, huh? Yep. Cedric Gray is joining us here. I've read that you played AAU basketball and you were primarily a receiver when you were in high school. So at what point were you thinking linebacker might be the best path for you? I mean, I kind of always played, um, you know, defense kind of growing up and even throughout high school. Um, and so kind of just started to get kind of recruited at that position also. Um and it, it wasn't that big of a deal to me. You know, I always thought I was a football player. You know, I just wanted to play football. Um, and, yeah, so that's just kind of how it, it, it happened. You you could probably still hold your own in that wide receiver room, couldn't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I told Longo I could give us 500, like, if I played off and off. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Uh, watching, I sounded like Gruden there. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, Drake May slinging it, man. I, that's the type of quarterback you'd love to play with, right? Yeah. Um, Drake was like actually like my seven on seven quarterback in high school. Um, so definitely kind of knew about him coming out. So it's good to see him kind of grow into what he's grown into this past season. But here's um, him being the Charlotte guy also. But here's the thing. I bet you, I don't know if you felt this way playing seven on seven with Drake a, long, uh, a while back, but like when I was younger, I, I was always self aware that maybe everybody else was having the same experience I was having. So when I was at East Carolina, that's where I went to school, the offensive coordinator was some guy named Lincoln Riley. And, you know, he's just game planning stuff. And, and the way that he would talk about football, I thought this guy was a genius, but I just assumed that everybody else had a guy like that. And it turned out. And there aren't many Lincoln Rileys out there. So when you're around Drake Bay in the Charlotte area, are you thinking at this time, oh, man, this guy's going to be awesome in college? Or are you just thinking, I guess this is how all the quarterbacks are? I mean, I just definitely knew that he was a, a very talented um, player in high school. So I'm glad to, you know, see that it, he, he, he had it in him to, you know, translate that over um, to the next level. Cedric Gray is with us here on WSJS. Carolina linebacker getting set for Clemson this weekend in the ACC championship. So we've talked a little bit about recruiting. A lot of the guys in these recruiting classes that you were a part of, you were a part of the first of three consecutive top 15 recruiting classes according to 24-7. A lot of guys come from the triad like Ra-Ra Dilworth and Miles Murphy and Travis Shaw. But with all due respect, said 
when Tar Heel fans spoke about classes, it wasn't Cedric Gray's name that came up. And when I dive into your background, like not only are you a three-star guy, at one point you were struggling to make varsity, it seemed like, early on in your career. So I'm just interested on your path to where you are now. At what point of your football journey did you feel most doubted, that people doubted that you'd be where you are right now most? Um, yeah, so um, obviously uh, my freshman year, um, yeah, I, I actually didn't play varsity. I played JV my freshman year of high school. Um, was kind of able to get on the field on my sophomore year and, you know, started making plays as the years gone on, but kind of really didn't get um, any big offers um, from any school. Um, Carolina was actually my only Power 5 offer um, to play at. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think that's probably, like, one of the things that I carried on my shoulder, like, the chip the most is, like, UNT kind of being the only school who um, at the Power 5 level kind of believed in me. Cedric, the last time North Carolina won an ACC championship in football, they had another pretty good linebacker on the team named Lawrence Taylor, but that was over 40 years ago. So what would a, a win mean to you, but also to this program Saturday night? Uh, it mean a lot to me. Um, it was like definitely like one of the goals I kind of set out for this team this year. Um, for us to like win the ACC championship, um, so like to accomplish that will be will be really really um, good. But not for just with this program, like you said, it's kind of been a while since you know this program has had a championship like that um, to us. So that would definitely be really good. They kind of something pretty special like that. Is Mac Brown going to break out the dance moves if you guys win? Are you going to make sure that happens? <laughs> oh, yeah, he definitely will, for sure. <laughs> this might sound like a weird question considering you're coming off a couple of losses, but is this defense playing right now the best it has all year, Said? Um, yeah, I, I think we've been playing some, some pretty good ball um, defensively um, as of late. We uh, definitely was a little rocky start um, in the beginning of the year and we've had our moments before but um, I definitely think that we've like shown a lot of improvement and um, shown that we can make plays at important times um, and just so that the defense is relentless. This has become a tradition on the show now said we need your contribution to it. Will Dalton has not seen he's the producer of the show he hasn't seen any of the good movies if there's a good movie he hasn't seen it. So every week we make him watch movies like he hadn't seen Anchorman or Wedding Crashers or Get Out or any of these types of movies. So every week we make him watch a movie. What uh, do you have favorite movies? Are there a few that you just go to if it's on? I'm watching. Yeah. Tell him to watch the Fast and Furious series. All right. What's the best one? Fast Five or are you talking the first two? Like if you had to pinpoint the best Fast and Furious. The best one is probably five. Okay. WD, have you seen Fast Five? No. I think I've only seen the second one. Too Fast, Too Furious is the only one you've seen? I think so, yeah. That's such a weird thing to say. (laughs) All right. Said. There's nine of them. them. That's right. Like, you you just see the second one? See, Said knows. He's hitting you verbally the way that he hits people on the field. Come on, man. There are nine of them. And you've seen the second one. What are you doing, WD? Ouch. Okay. There you go. All right. So, there it is. Fast Five. Thanks for the help, Zed. We'll we'll see you on Saturday. Thanks so much for uh, joining us here in the Triad. Thank you for having me.